Hey gamers, it's player one, Damien. What you're about to hear was our live show over at Five Threads Brewery. It went really well, and again, a big thanks to everyone that came out to support, and also to Five Threads for hosting us. Uh, please excuse the audio towards the end during our audience discussion segment. We didn't have a solid connection to our soundboard during our recording this run, but we will get that sorted out for the next time. So go ahead and kick back and enjoy. Hey everybody, I am Player One. My name is Damien. I am joined with Player Two. His name is Kyle. Hello. And Player Three over there, that guy. That guy over there with the glasses, his name is Josh. <laughs> Hello to our beautiful listeners. Absolutely beautiful <laughs> listeners. This is a live recording of our podcast, which is centered around retro video games and how it impacts our gaming industry today. We cover everything from story, timeline arcs, to rate and reviews on how they hold up today. Sometimes also we just revisit for the sake of nostalgia. But today we are going to be talking about our fondest memories. So how are you guys doing? Excited? First of all. <laughs> yeah, very excited that this is our great first live event. Yeah. First live event. Having and people out there. We have a few people here. This is great. <laughs> great support. Thank you. So what we're going to do is we're going to be uh, sharing our thoughts and feelings our, on our beloved games. And then we will give you, the audience, a chance to share your thoughts with us. Uh, and a chance to win some awesome coupons for beer here at Five Threads. I mean, come on, who doesn't like free beer? Just saying. Free beer? It's not free beer, sorry. Who, does, <laughs> who, who doesn't like discounted beer? There you go. <laughs> Let's get that right. I was so. going to say, can I have some of these? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we have been doing this podcast for a while. We've talked about many subjects and our slogan if you will, for our card. And when we talk to people is, what is your fondest memory in retro gaming? And I want to revisit that with you guys uh, because I've revisited before talking about what I like to people, but let's make it a round table discussion here. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you want to go first? You had a few? Absolutely. I wanted to set the bar kind of high going into this. So <laughs> one of the first ones that really comes to mind is the Tetris game for the NES. Mm -hmm. now, this, <laughs> now this came out in November 1989, so I, I really can't remember if it was my parents or my grandparents that had gotten this game for me. Mm -hmm. And the reason I have a really fond memory of this is that I was probably around six or seven at the time, and my grandparents, my dad's parents, they didn't visit very often. Early on in my childhood, they moved out to Oregon and then later on Washington. And I didn't get to see them that often. And so I remember my grandmother playing Tetris on our Nintendo system. And now I, I played, and I'm going to be honest, I really wasn't that good at Lies. it. Lies. You Lies. were so good You today. are so good at it. It's ridiculous. You're a prodigy, man. You're a prodigy. Well, you I would mean, think so, but <laughs> <laughs> he's not that one guy that like broke the game. But you're right. You're almost there. You're <laughs> nearly there, Josh. Keep I, it I, I'm I'm working towards it, but I'm not there yet. But the thing is, when I was younger, I really I wasn't that good. And actually, I think my grandmother was probably better than I was at the time. <laughs> it's such a grandma game. I, my grandmother, <laughs> it might have been both of them actually have tried it, and then my mom was really into it. It, it definitely is like a parent, you know son or daughter kind of game <laughs> right and so i really have good memories of it i still have it now i don't have that original nes system anymore but at some point i ended up getting a top loading uh, famicon and so i still have the game cartridge it still works i also play it on the nes classic and 
But the thing was, is I really never got good at Tetris until high school. And when it became on the phones. <laughs> now, what, did you no, get good? No, did no, you no. did you oh, get no. good at it? Hey, young man, I didn't have a cell phone until I was a senior in high school. Oh, that's so, true. Josh, let me ask you: Did you get good out of it because your peers were challenging you in in games and competitions over it? Partially, on the TI-83 calculators. I don't know how it originated. I, I don't know if people downloaded it from the computer or something. But on the TI-83 calculators, you were able to download a Tetris game. And it pretty much was Tetris. And you right. can actually connect to other calculators and actually challenge people one-on-one -on -one or even four-player. <laughs> Tetris you multiplayer. The, they, had, they, <laughs> had, like, they had like the, the connection cables to yes. TI. Wow. That, that's actually how you transfer different programs Right. at the time. And so, so this is just for anyone wondering, this is around 2001, 2002. And so we were playing in between classes, and I'll, I'll admit, sometimes even during classes. There you go. <laughs> That's and why you didn't get your 4.0. <laughs> I made, I made up for so it with mean. AP classes. <laughs> and so it, it, sometime around high school, I just something switched in my brain, and I just really started getting a lot better ab about it. And then, you know, there was little tricks to it, too. If you actually disconnected your cord from the calculator and reconnected it during a match... Would it reset? Actually, it would uh, triple the uh, lines that the <laughs> opponent would get. Cheater. <laughs> cheater. Such a cheater. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a cute little trick, but you know what? I didn't need it. it, it was, <laughs> I actually started getting good, and, you know, I, I know you guys have seen me play a little bit of the, the classic game on the NES yeah. Classic at Damien's, but you guys haven't challenged me yet in the, the, like the you, party Tetris yet. You were going to get into like a, a competition, weren't you? You were going to do I'm that. I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I am practicing a little bit off and on in, I think it's somewhere around Portland, Oregon, the NES World Champ Classic World Championship. Hmm. They have it every year, and the last two years I just circumstances have not allowed me to be able to attend. And so I'm hoping that maybe this coming October, you know, maybe not just me, but maybe the whole group, if you guys can spare the weekend, maybe we might be able to go down there and who knows, maybe we can even do a, a love podcast going, from there. I love going there. With, what we really need to do to get you training is to get you a Switch first and then get the free game that they put out there, <laughs> which is Tetris 99, literally Battle Royale Tetris. <laughs> Last one standing wins. <laughs> yes, I I will admit I am so retro I don't even have a switch yet, but I have just, I have played it, not just on yours, Kyle, but I have on my cousins. Yeah. I've played on their switch and most of the time I am in the top six whenever I pop in to Tetris ninety nine. So it, that yeah, does I have, could. that does have some tactics to it because you wanna be able to focus on your own screen, but then you are able to see everyone else that you're challenging their right. screen too and then you are able to pick which person you want to attack so if you're seeing someone who's doing really good you kind of want to try to attack them so it kind of enables that multitasking which could get you better at the just normal game just for the fact that because you're multitasking so much if you could focus on yours only then you could probably even be better be better with it see the only thing is is that with the classic version for the NES once that block hits the bottom 
it is done. You cannot, you cannot keep it in motion just because you keep rotating it. Oh, so yeah. it is, it is a bit tougher. But I don't disagree with you. It, it would be good practice, and at some <laughs> point I might do that. Hey, awesome. hey, did you guys hear Tetris is going to be a movie? That's what? right. It's it's really going to happen. It's like well, it's like Battleship, it, right? Where where they actually just come up with something that's going on, and then they just put the slogans in, right? Vaguely <laughs> familiar. Pretty much, yeah. They, uh, studios wanted to do a, a, a trilogy out of it. How do you make a trilogy out of Tetris? I, I think the only question is, who's it going to star? Adam Sandler or Dwayne Johnson? Dwayne, just blocks. <laughs> I want Dwayne. I, I want Dwayne, that sexy bald head of his. That blockhead. <laughs> he's such a blockhead, that guy. No, no, I, I think he's cool. But I, I think I have their storyline. Is The movie starts with like the buildings are up there and they have to destroy the first line and then the next movie they have to line up the pieces and they destroy that that next line what happens in the third movie though i think they finish it by destroying that last line oh, okay. but they don't have the line block so they have to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> okay. hollywood take notes yeah. <laughs> writers get on like it a challenge is that a boo <laughs> <laughs> they don't like my storylines <laughs> speaking of dwayne johnson did you guys see rampage Either either of you? No. Yes. Yeah, you saw it, right, Josh? It looked good. I mean, that's based on the arcade game, but uh, right. did, I mean, you, you played it, right? I played it a little bit with you guys on one of our uh, game nights. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> but my wife and I did happen to catch a pre-screening, and it was actually before they even rendered all of the uh, the skin and hair on uh, George uh, George the uh, ape, or his. So he's just a his ball monkey. The, the ape's ape, name is, is George. You 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 still see of the jungle. You, you still see the, the muscle mass, but they don't have the texture, the final texturing on him. Ooh. And they actually did have a post-credit scene in there that wasn't released with the movie because I guess the director didn't want to tease a sequel. Just in case. Just in case it didn't, yeah, just in case it didn't turn out very well. Was it a hammer in the ground? But it actually wasn't a bad movie. I mean, if even if you're not necessarily into giant monster movies, mm. it actually was a pretty decent movie. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. it good because of Dwayne Johnson? Like, did he make it palatable, or or, or well, yeah, was it he, def he definitely pulled his weight? <laughs> but but even in the beginning of the movie, or at least during the version that I saw, it actually started off pretty extreme, and it was actually pretty uh, intense. Oh, that's cool. Did yeah. it did it just have the ape, or did it have the other characters? Oh, it, it had, um, well, they, they didn't call wolves? them by Lizzie the Lizard, but you had the mutated crocodile Failures. and the wolf. Uh, were they climbing, did they actually climb the buildings and actually eat people out of the buildings? Because that was like the best thing in the world. Their people are screaming out of the building, <laughs> you climb up the building, just punch it. It's funny, but back then, like, games with violence was just like so appealing. It's just <laughs> right. so no matter what it's it like, was. It's so violent, that's great. <laughs> well, without spoiling too much, since Kyle hasn't seen it, a few people do get eaten. Eaten? Yes, eaten. Yeah. I haven't seen it either, but uh, it was on okay, my list. Okay, that's for you too, Damien. Yeah. yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Kyle, what do you got? Uh, my first one that I actually really liked, and I always have the good memories of it, especially with the music to it, was The Secret of Mana. We Ooh. always have I mean, it was, just, it was just great. I mean, the, the beginning of the box art that they had with it, I don't know if you guys can see it out there, but it's just really good detail. I mean, look at that. Is, 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 is that Chrono on the front game. of that? The whole game is like a work it, it, it looks it. The great, great pixels. Uh, actually, the, the box art itself is actually really good. But the um, just the different things that they did with it, the music, 
Every time I, no, oh, I just messed up with my video. Oh well. Oh well. Anyways, <laughs> that messed that up. Um, but the music, that very first intro into it, where it has the field that you're running through, and I just always have that first song just in my head anytime I think of the game. So, but I always think back of it when I'm playing that game, and it really makes me sad because a lot of people who really had this game, it was a multiplayer game. You know, it, it allowed three people on the SNES, which was kind of, you know, not really for its time. But I always played it by myself. <laughs> That's the thing. There weren't many guys, like there weren't many RPGs that were multiplayer like that. Right. right. Did you guys ever play it with people? Uh, no, I've seen videos on YouTube, but I hadn't actually done it myself. I haven't had a chance to play no. that yet. I never ever find anybody who does that. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll come over, Kyle. We'll hang out. <laughs> I, I need friends. <laughs> but what was really cool too is just they had a really interesting story. It wasn't too much of a mixed, uh, story based. It was just more on the action RPG. Was, they were kind of taking it kind of from Zelda, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then they didn't get it too complicated with the menus. They had that ring system that they had on it, which was really cool because it didn't matter what character you were on, it would always go around that different character, which unfortunately, because you, know, you know they did the remake for the PS4. Yeah, which I heard was very awful. <laughs> I, I, I didn't play it, but uh, I heard yeah, pretty bad stuff about it. They didn't do very good with the uh, with the graphics of it, just because the PS4 can do so much more, and it just felt really lazy. Right. Just like smooth graphics, it didn't really do, capture the art that the first one had, the feel of it. Right. And then also with the ring system that they had for their menus, it stayed in the center of the screen. It didn't go around the actual character that you were doing the ring for. It was all color-based. So they kind of just felt weird when you have the ring come up and you're, it's not around that character because then it'll overlap things. It just made it really weird. Now that that was um, at the height of the 16-bit era. I mean, we had Final Fantasy three at the time, I believe, when that came out, uh, and that was not multiplayer, but it was a big hit. But this one, being more uh, action-paced rather than story-driven, like you mentioned, I think that it, it made for a really good audience because it, it took RPG into Oh, it can be kind of actiony instead of just pure story, which is what Final Fantasy was. Right. And it was, it was, well, I remember Secret of Mana. I didn't actually play through the whole thing, but from what I remember, it wasn't as deep as the way Final Fantasy gets, which is like hardcore until like people dying and like crazy stuff happens. Where Secret of Mana was more about friendship and it was more about explore, exploration. Um, there's a lot to be said with that with games nowadays. I feel like some games nowadays can lack. Uh, story depth uh, mm -hmm. unless you start going into the ones that you know for sure will be like a Final Fantasy which will be a Final Fantasy or <laughs> you know Dragon uh, uh, Dragon, Quest. Dragon Quest thank you um, <clears throat> games like that yeah they, this one they don't they don't drop you just right on the world map and just say okay now figure it out and go they kind of do give you like a direction on where to go and what to do um, but unfortunately I don't really have great uh, not great, I don't have great memory recall. <laughs> so with this game, I don't really have too much of like where my life was at the time, or it, but every time I hear the music of it, every time I always see it, and I even have my SNES Classic, I go back to it every now and then, I always just get really nice, warm, fuzzy feelings inside when I play it, and it's just, it's just great for me to be able to just feel that relaxation and just be able to just go, oh, this game was actually really cool. <laughs> and be able to just revisit it again. Okay, that was going to be my question. I mean, it sounds like a, a great game, but what made it special for you? Yeah, see, I, I wish I could say that. I, I wish I would have that memory to be able to, to pull it back. I just, I just know every time I think about what my fondest games are, it's, there, there's, there is a list of them, and I have some other ones that 
that I do have you know other memories of like going to friends' houses and stuff. But with this one, I don't really have like friends coming over and playing it. It was just kind of like that solo game. Okay. But it one was of those more earliest memories then. Yeah. That you have? Was, it, I mean, it came out in '93. At that time, I was what seven, eight years old <laughs> when it came out. <laughs> so I, it, it it happened a little bit later in my life when I came across it. But I just remember just being able to to get that put it in and play it and just feeling just just good just it takes you back to a time when things weren't just so stressful and i just yeah i, I enjoy like being able to put it on and just being like oh, okay this is nice and that's kind of like the point of the podcast really we we tend to revisit <clears throat> those those memories and mm-hmm. i think anybody can agree that when you revisit those games like you said you get the warm fuzzies you tend to kind of forget everyday life the stresses of life yeah. you know and you kind of go back to what it was like in simpler times and you get to talk to people that don't know anything about it, mm-hmm. and you get to tell them, hey, there's this game that you should try that, that just kind of changed the way I see games or life in general, and check it out. And, and you get to have them experience it for the first time, and if they appreciate it, they'll, they'll see what you see. Right. All right, so what's your first pick then, Damien? Uh, in, in, no, in no special order, but uh, I'll say it's a special order, I guess. It, order. I'm, I'm going to say... <laughs> First and foremost would be Final Fantasy VII for me. That oh, was yeah. uh, a big, big thing for 1997. That was a game that, um, it wasn't like, I don't know if I want to call it a game changer because honestly it, it, it had been done. You know, there was one through six, but this was the first 3D Final Fantasy where the gaming was uh, taken to a different level. Now you get to see Dimension, whereas before it was beautiful 16-bit or 8-bit. It would looked great, but now you see kind of almost a glimpse of what we would see in the later games, which is they're more real, and they ended up being like more uh, personable to us. Um, I don't know if I've ever been touched more by a game than that one, and and I think it just touched me as far as like feeling very uh, like I, I got into the characters. Mm-hmm. the The story was very compelling for me at the time. I think it came at a good time for me, being I think I was uh, I say like fourteen, fifteen years old, something like that. Um, and it was just right, at, right, perfect timing for me. And so I, I had rented the game uh, at a Hollywood video. <laughs> my, my mom used to take me there, and we would rent it. And I, I would just tell her, like, you know, she she would she would take me and be like, hey, do you want to rent a game? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, yeah, I want this one. So I'd try it, and then it's like, wow, this is like a long game. It was like multiple discs. <laughs> and so Four I would just them. keep re-renting, and she'd be like, oh, do you want to rent something? I'm like, yeah, I want to re-rent that same game. She's like, oh, long didn't game. you already like play that? I'm like, no, 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 it's a long game. <laughs> so I just kept playing and playing until at some point we were spending so much money renting it. She's like, how about I just buy it for you? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <cheaper> to buy. <laughs> that so. is the game that made Final Fantasy kind of popular in the United States. It really all wasn't all too popular. Yeah, it was over here, but yeah. that's the one that really made it a big bang. Right, it, was it did. Over here. Yeah, it was definitely a step away from just the pixels, the, the right. all the character sprites and everything. It started moving into the 3D and the overworld map, but then also the more defined details on the battle uh, screens. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I really enjoyed the way the game uh, initially started because it's. I mean, I don't, I'm not much of a reader, but um, if you pick up a book, I know like the first couple pages they say are the ones that will be telling whether you stick with it or not because it's if it grabs you. Right. And I feel like the first 10 minutes of that game was so... Um, Action-packed? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to call it intense, but it was enough to draw me where it was. it jumped right in into the mission with Cloud and Barrett and um, 
that was lunch. enough. Yeah, and that that was enough to get me like interested because I didn't know what I was in for, or what was going on. It was my first Final Fantasy game. That was also one of the first missions that really had consequences. Yeah. Because right. uh, yeah. what yeah. was the character? I forget who uh, it was. You had Biggs or, or Biggs and Wedge. Yeah. Uh, I think Wedge got and, stuck. And, and Jesse, you go no, and Jesse rescue got them. Stuck. You could have the option of going to rescue them, or if you didn't rescue them on your way out, they would die. I mean, eventually they all died. But. They all died eventually. <laughs> Spoiler, alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry, but it was it was kind of compelling to see those kind of things. I hadn't seen actual death take place like that in a video game. That was right. the first time I had seen a real drama of a, of a, of a story. And those timers. Oh god! Even <laughs> during the battles and then the and victory the, screens. Yeah. 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 You wanted to like speed through it when it was counting out your experience because you're like, just go! I need to get moving. Yeah. <laughs> So that would be my pick. I think that the music was fantastic. It mm-hmm. was um, that, that was also the wave of uh, CD audio at that point, where it was more symphonic, more orchestral, and even though it was still MIDI, but uh, MIDI files, but it still sounded very authentic I mean, uh, as, com- as opposed to the 16-bit era. I mean, it really even spawned orchestral music. I mean, One Winged Angel was one of the ones that really got some depth to it, some singing, even right. during that last fight. Right. You know. And it made, uh, what was it, Dear Friends and More Friends? It was an actual traveling right. yes. orchestra with opera singers to actually play to an audience of people. I, mean, I remember going to More Friends and picking up those CDs, even though I'm not that big into music. It's that beautiful. stuff right there, yeah. it, it gave me chills. I remember, that, that actually uh, makes a memory for me. <laughs> Surprise, someone popped into my head. There we go. <laughs> um, going there, and they did the chocobo music. And they did the chocobo music all throughout the generation, starting with the very first game and going to current, I forget when uh, More Friends came out and what game it was that that they ended with. But they went through each one, and I remember the audience just kind of going crazy with it every time they changed to a different <laughs> chocobo music. Everyone was like, Woo! With the new one that came out, they're like, that's my chocobo song! <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if you play Final Fantasy, you know that yeah. tune. Oh. Especially if you've played uh, 15. Have you guys oh, played that one? Yes. I haven't done it. Don't spoil it. I Many hours right in the Chocobos. Um, I need to go that through it. That's so cool. I love the Chocobos in that one. But they bring back that iconic song yeah. with it too. They and then did. even like some of the iconic Final Fantasy stuff, one of the characters at the end of battles will actually go... As he goes. <laughs> it always cracked me up with it. What was his name? The one with the gun. Do you remember? Oh, uh, with, the, with the, the gun arm? Oh, Prompto. No, not the gun. Oh, oh, oh Prompto. Prompto, sorry. Yeah, Prompto. We're, we're on yeah. 15. I He's hilarious. Oh, yeah. It, it, he was kind of like the uh, like the fourth wall-breaking character. He yes. would always kind of like do stuff that you're just like, you know you're in a Final Fantasy <laughs> game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that would be mine. Josh, do you have another one? Oh, absolutely. Now, now I'm going back to the very beginning here with the NES. Now, the first game that I actually remember having for the NES was the Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not so much the Duck Hunt because... Yeah, Duck Hunt. Unfortunately, I, with our newer TVs, you can't use the light gun anymore. So nope. Yeah. It, can't it, do it, it with LCDs work. or plasmas or anything <laughs> yep. else but CRT. But, but, if you but did, mainly for Super Mario Brothers, sorry. though. Yeah, it's all right. But if you did do... Um, 
if you hacked your Wii, or they had it for the Wii or something, you could use your Wiimote to be able to do it for modern day TVs because they had the Yeah, the you, could, you could use the motion sensor, but it wasn't right. quite the way it was with the CRT. It's, yeah. it's just not the same. <laughs> it's not accurate at all. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, was, I was looking back at the Super Mario Brothers. Even going through level 8-4, I still remember the way to just streamline it right to Bowser. <laughs> and it, it's really the one that started, you know, started it all, really. Really did, yeah. But you actually played the game. You did, did you use? Did you actually run through all the levels, or did you use your warps? I will admit, when I was younger, I, since I wasn't as great a gamer as I am now, <laughs> I did use the warp pipes. Okay, so. But we, I never did figure no out shame the glitch. In that, Joshua. There's no I shame never in that. did figure out that <laughs> little backwards jump glitch thing that would take you over to. Oh. Uh, the negative levels. Yeah, that's oh, so the negative. You you did that? No, I never did. Oh, okay, because I haven't done it. And I wasn't I've that savvy it. back then. <laughs> yeah, neither was I. So so we're kind of learning something about Josh here. So he would cheat on Tetris, and then he would also cheat on Mario. Cheater. What's going on here? What do we need to know about you? <laughs> I was young and naive. I'm much better now. <laughs> All right. We admire your spirit, sir. You're forgiven. <laughs> And it, it's just one of those games where it's just it, it starts you off on pretty much any of the Super Mario Brothers after that. Just yeah. just learning the hand-eye coordination, how Mario runs, jumps, how he can move while jumping. Just it, it kind of set the stage for everything, and for future Mario games that I've played after that. And it's just it, it's it's a good memory. It's one of my earliest ones, and that's why I definitely have to bring that one up. You guys remember the movie, the 1993 movie? I try I, to reject it from my memory. Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Come I on, act, we like cheesy. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. And not only that, but there, there is a guy on YouTube who has the move, whole movie posted. But what he did was he inserted Super Mario music and sound effects into it. Authentic and, sounds and music with oh, wow. yes. the movie? Yes. So when they go through the pipe, you have the, the, you know, the pipe. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have that sounds. Just it, it's so much more hilarious, and it, it seems a lot more fun than the serious tone that they originally tried for it. Mm -hmm. And the movie was actually very palatable once you started putting in all the video game sound effects and music into it. And if you see it in a '90s kind of way, it, it can work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's rumors that they're actually making a new one for for modern time, isn't there? Yes, it's going to be a, a apparently I hear a CGI film, so it's going to be you know animation. Okay, so not live action then. No. No live action at all. It's probably better that way. Yeah, most likely. I agree, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, well, hard, it's, it's hard to show a, a normal or, okay, let's just say overweight plumber <laughs> jumping 30 feet into the air. So, is it 30 feet that he... That sounds about right. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Was, yeah. Those glutes. Remember it, we were going just, through the timeline, we were trying to figure out his weight and the gap. And, and the, then the, the gravity, gravity levels. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're overcomplicating it now. If we'll you guys ever want to have your mind blown, <laughs> listen to our episode about the timeline of Mario. It, it, it's kind of insane. Yes. Just saying. Spoiler alert. No, I'm not going to spoil it. Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Kyle? What have you got next? So... I remember going through Star Fox 64. Do you guys remember that one? Ooh. Do a barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because the way my mind works, it is not a barrel roll. What are you Do you talking? know that? What are you it's, talking about? It's not a barrel roll. Oh, it's not a barrel oh, roll. Oh, no, it's not a barrel Here roll. Here we go. No, it's not a barrel roll. It's a barrel roll. No, it's if not. Because he says do a barrel roll. If you want to look it up of what, of what actual avionics does, 
A, that is not a barrel roll. That is called an, a, an aileron roll. Uh, I'm sorry, say it again? Aileron roll. Say it again? Aileron roll. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a corkscrew? <laughs> no. So they, they do that, and it was kind of interesting because the way to say that, if you're having, oh, is it pepper? Or saying, do Pepe. an aileron roll, it would sound a little weird, you know? So barrel roll actually kind of works. But barrel roll, you actually kind of, your plane goes down and goes up and keeps moving and then does that whole circle it goes like that so it, it curves just, while while elevating yeah it, it, point, you elevate yeah. up and then you come back down so your elevation is changing with the roll you don't just spin in the circle so there is an actual barrel roll in avionics but it's not so that kind of uh, bothered me when i was just like i need to figure out what this barrel roll is is this <laughs> actually a barrel roll and it wasn't but i actually love when you're selecting the stages even in the snes version and the 64 version you have that one guy that just goes, good luck. Remember that? <laughs> such yep. a creepy good luck. It is such a weird it thing. It sounds scary. But it's really <laughs> cool that they kept it from the SNES version into the 64 version. It's one of those things that just kind of just pulls you back into it. It's just like, oh, that's the Star Fox that I know and love. And that game for the SNES required a special chip, the, the Super FX chip. And to this day, you, you try to emulate that game in a ROM, it doesn't run really good. It's weird. It, it, it's almost like it has to be the, the cartridge with that system in order to run the way it was actually intended to. Or in the SNES Mini, they emulated it perfectly. Yeah, it, it's, I, I'm revisiting it in the SNES because I never really dove into the SNES version. Now, I remember more of the 64 version going over to a friend's house because I didn't have a 64 at the time and being able to play that game and only being able to play it when I'm over there. And fortunately, he kind of just lived like up the street from me, so it wasn't all too hard to be like, hey, can I come over and play? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they never had an issue with that, so it was always cool. But I did really, it was interesting looking into the SNES version of how it really did push that system to its limits. It was one of those end yeah, runs of totally it. totally did. And yeah. you could kind of tell a little bit because you had to add that chip into it, like you said, right. that it kind of slowed down at certain points. But looking at the videos and what they did with it, actually kind of blew me away what they were able to do with, with that SNES. What know? year did that come out, Star Fox? Uh, that came out in 93. I mean, 93, I mean, that's like a, uh, I mean, that's so 3D for a 16-bit oh, yeah. yeah. system. Early. I mean, that was running like it would have been a PS1, just really. A, just you know a little bit. I mean? like almost that. Because it, that, it was that, impressive. The, the last boss, Andros, that's kind of how he looks with the with the polygons yeah, of his yeah. face to add the depth and stuff with the eyes and he actually sucked in and then blew out uh, the, the spinning tiles that actually came flying at you and so it was actually really interesting on how they were able to do that with a game that's usually only you know 2D side scrolling type stuff so it was kind yeah. of cool that, that they was did a big that. jump in, uh, in graphics for yeah sure. and then also the music in it yeah. for the system it actually was really nice and crisp you know it was looking back at it yeah. so that was actually really cool um, the SNES had like great music in general. Like I would say, yeah. there was a, a forum I read once that someone related SNES music as opposed to uh, Genesis, what it was like. And Genesis was, Genesis was more of a grungy rock sound where the SNES sounded symphonic. And it was kind of a just nice melodic soundtrack for every game. But you know, the, the, the Genesis had more of that, that grungy, like earthy kind of sound where it was a little more uh, industrial, maybe. Extreme. Extreme, yeah. <laughs> they kind of were able to do that because it was a little bit more of an advanced system, wasn't it? Because it was 32-bit. 
No, no, the Nintendo. SNES was 16-bit as well as the uh, as well as the Sega Genesis. They oh, were both I'm thinking bit. about something else for the Genesis. You might be thinking bad. of the 32X, which was the oh, yeah. uh, connection that went into the oh, Genesis, that's, that's right. and it upgraded the graphics to 32-bit, 32-bit, which was pretty cool as I f- well. I forgot about that thing. I, yeah. I think I might have just like gotten the set, the Genesis at that time to be able to just put that in, and I just never thought about it again. I always thought it was just 32-bit. So. Didn't you say there was another of your favorites that did that? Was it a, was it a Sonic & Knuckles? Like you, you had an adapter that would go in and... Yeah, that was the game that actually had what they called lock-in technology right. that had that cartridge on top. That is actually one of my next ones that I was going to talk about. The Sonic & Knuckles was just so cool to be able to just injects Knuckles into Sonic 2 and 3. So it would be, because I, I had the game, but I didn't really do the, the, the mixing, really, of the uh, cartridges, but you, you could essentially have Knuckles in Sonic 1 or 2 or 3? Not 1. one okay. w- when, when you put 1 or any other game on top of Sonic and Knuckles, what it did, it actually unlocked uh, the bonus games that were in the Sonic. The special stages, right? Yeah, the one yeah. With, the, with the 3D, and then it was running around with the spheres that were blue and red. Right. It unlocked that. It was what they called what they called it was blue sphere, because it was just it never really was given an actual name until I think it was Sonic Sonic Mania that came out or Sonic Manic Challenge, something one of those games that came out where they actually gave it a title called Blue Sphere, and all it all it really you might be did thinking was, of Sonic Mania. All all it really did was it had a pre mixed selection of different game tiles from the different sections of those maps and then gave it a ranking system of how hard it was between 1 and 13. Mm. And there was over like 148 million different levels to it. And once you hit to a certain point, it kind of recycled some of the levels. But then once it hit the 143,338,000, I don't know, I forget the number. It's just some gigantic number. Then it just looped again and just kept going. So it was kind of like an endless challenge mode that you were able to do with it. Right. But just Knuckles himself was just really cool. I, I always liked him as a character to be able to be flying around or gliding and being able to punch through the walls. Uh, it seemed like in 3, they actually intended him to be part of that game because he's kind of the, the antagonist a little bit. In that one, Robotnik tricked him into thinking that Sonic was going to be stealing the, the Master Emerald. Oh, yeah. And so he was trying to stop Sonic along the way, and it didn't actually turn out until you play Sonic and Knuckles that Robotnik was tricking him into it and knocked Knuckles out and then took that Master Emerald for himself and so then they teamed up and went after him together. You guys, but, yeah, and, you, and you, you, Josh, played as well Sonic and Knuckles or no? Unfortunately, in the early years, I was a Nintendo purist. Oh, okay. I didn't really Boo. get too much into the Sega. <laughs> you like Nintendo, shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Hey, hey, I'm a video game enthusiast, okay? Okay. okay. It, it wasn't really until the PlayStation 2 that I, uh, I, I got into some of the Sony games. Oh, yeah? yeah so, with Sonic 3, they actually had level design that was specific for Knuckles. Like they had certain areas where he could punch through the wall and then continue on and do a different route. So that was, uh, that was cool that they actually had that designed in a game before, they were, before he came out and injected him into those games. So it was kind of cool to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, that I good. remember having a lot of fun with it. I, again, I didn't really connect it, but I was so concentrated on Sonic and Knuckles, the game, that I forgot to <laughs> connect the cartridges or whatever. <laughs> but you had it, right? I had it, yeah. 
How yeah. did it never occur to you to just put them on and play them? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just so busy with the actual game that I forgot to... Because I knew what, you, what would happen if you did it. I was just like, oh, I'll get to it later. I just didn't get to... Because that doesn't seem like something you can you can introduce into an emulation right now, would it? No, uh, well, you can have find hacks of it, but it's you know not, not gonna the, run not the same. Yeah, it's not gonna run the right way. Right. Yeah, even with the uh, Genesis Mini that's going to be coming out at the end of the year, they have they don't have the first. So I don't think they have the first Sonic on it, right? Uh, no, actually, I think they do. Do they? Yeah. Okay, then they they have the original it's Sonic. The third one, it. I don't think they have because there were some licensing issues with the music. Because there was that thing where uh, Michael Jackson was kind of involved with the music. Oh, that's right, he was. Yeah, he. I don't know if he made the other ones, but it was very unofficial whether he did it or not. But for sure, the third one, they 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 knew he was involved with it. So now, therefore, paying rights to the Jacksons would be a, a whole other deal. Right, but I even was looking at that list, and they don't even have Sonic and Knuckles on it to oh, even wow. play that one. So I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of stinks. Yeah. Because I like Knuckles on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then the Sonic movie, you guys you guys have heard all the controversy about all that. Yeah, I'm, okay, I, I'm really <laughs> excited about it. And the, the reason, obviously, because it's, it's one of my favorites, I was going to have my pick, I can say it next, but um, the movie has a lot of potential. People, of course, ripped on the way he looked. And for me, I, you know, I accepted it for what it was because that's just the kind of guy I am when it comes to these things. I was in mm -hmm. Marvel age where games were, or movies were coming out where I just accepted it as it was. Oh, it's great. We got a Marvel movie. Awesome. <laughs> and I'll take it. And that's the same way with these game, video game movies. I, I, I'll take it. But I, I wasn't fully pleased with the way he looked. So therefore, I am very happy they pulled the, the project so they could redo the way he looks. And I'm very excited to see what he'll look like. Because one thing that they often forget about is this is a video game character. He, right. ha he already has a personality, he has his character, and if you try to change his appearance so that it doesn't really reflect the personality of the character, then it, it's just off and it feels wrong. Right. And especially since I don't think they're gearing this for people like little kids, they're gearing this towards people who used to play Sonic the right. Hedgehog. Who actually have the money to go see the movie to pay for it. <laughs> that too. Yeah. And so they really need to be pleasing the fans because if they don't please the fans, no one's going to see this thing. Right. Yeah. The, the, when I was researching about the movie, because I knew that they were going to be doing a remake of his character design, and so I wanted to see if they had figured out anything yet. And I found this news article that was on June 9th. It's called Hilarious Sonic Movie Redesign is Somehow Worse Than the Original. <laughs> how is that possible? And so I, I, was, I was reading That's through it, and I'm just like, okay, how bad how bad could this really be? And I kind of did it, and uh, here, let, let, let me show you what, what, they, what they're showing you oh, here. That is horrifying. That's that that will haunt my nightmares. See that? Here. I, don't, I don't know if you guys can see it, but here, let, uh, let, me, let me turn it around show, show and show our audience you guys. here. This is what the, a news article <laughs> is saying what his redesign will, what is supposed to look like. This is worse than it was way, way before. Okay. <laughs> this is way, way worse. All right, you hear that from our audience there, folks. <laughs> yeah. it, is not, it is not very popular. Although, I, I, will, I will say this. Never trust Reddit, because that's where they pulled their information from. <laughs> Anyone goes on Reddit and puts stuff together. You can't trust it. So let me, so, so, so then let me, let me pull that down a little bit. And Josh, can you read, can you read that right there, right, where, right above the post? Oh, it does say debunked. It's debunked. But you know what? He, at okay. least he's wearing the gloves. <laughs> yeah, they did put the gloves on it and the shoes. Well, he they tried. Good shoes. <laughs> so just if, if you're looking out there for, for news about redesign and all that, just don't ever trust Reddit with it. Let's actually hear from the studio and what they put out. Yeah. Because this person actually t labeled their thing as 
leaked photo of Sonic redesign. Right. And then they put yeah. that out there, and it like it spread like crazy. I mean, the people on Reddit actually were like, "Oh man, if people believe this guy, you know, I, I hope no one's stupid enough to believe the original poster and all that stuff." And but yet, a lot of people were on there were like, "Are you coming from the news article that posted about this?" "Yes, I am. Oh, I'm here from that too." So it's like, at least people are look are seeing that, but just don't trust what's not actually put out by the studio. The studio hey, will let you know what a, a lot what of is. a lot of media outlets just grab something and run with it. So. I wouldn't be surprising if any of the major news outlets started uh, posting about that. It's it's. That, it's that's sad. the thing with these movies too. I, they uh, are starting to realize that Hollywood doesn't really get a say anymore. That fans are really the ones that are going to be bringing this uh, income to the studios. I mean, right. they, they can have a formula to make you know Star Wars or any of these movies, but if you go outside of the fans, which is what we're seeing with some of the latest Star Wars films, mm-hmm. people will. Uh, protest, protest about it, and they will they will not like it, and they will say it, exactly what's on their mind about it, and so that proves the theory that Hollywood stopped doing things Hollywood's way and start paying attention to the fans because that you could even call new Hollywood. That is what it is now, right. especially when you have some of these game series that have been around for years, multiple games, and some of them have very well done established character. Designs, designs, yeah. backstories, uh, just their visual, how they appear, and then they decide, well, that's all nice and all, but let's just go ahead and we're go- we're gonna we're gonna change everything <laughs> about this character, and but we're gonna call him the same name, and it's gonna be awesome, I'm sure. It's that it's that guy from uh, Office Space. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the one that delivers always the bad news. I can't think of the character's name. Yeah, you're gonna have to come in on Saturday. That's the dude that runs Hollywood oh, right the, now. Uh, like you're gonna <laughs> have to redo Lumber. that. Sorry, you're gonna have to redo it for Hollywood. Yeah. That was the manager at Lumberg. I well, think yeah, Lumberg. Lumber. Yep. <laughs> That's who runs Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, need I'm you gonna to need come you to in on re- Saturday for Hollywood's sake. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think. Uh, talking about this I think that Hollywood now is going to um, <laughs> towards more video game based movies we we saw a Marvel age where Marvel was taken over in Hollywood it was right. it was the thing it, every and it still is I mean we just had Marvel uh, Avengers Endgame and biggest hit it was number one of the box office of all time it beat Titanic beat Titanic <laughs> and uh, yep. there's some <laughs> on your left <laughs> There's on a Titanic fan here. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's something to be said with that because I think it's reached a point where I've heard from some people, even some friends of mine that you know are getting a little burnt out of it. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot because it's done a great, it's gone a great run. But to appreciate it, it it's best sometimes to step back a little bit and, then, and to appreciate what we do have and then move on to something different. And I feel that Hollywood's kind of gearing towards uh, video game based movies and that would be a great move if they do it right and they listen to the fans and they establish good writers with you know these story arcs because they're great stories right they were just games oh that was great i love detective pikachu that was great yeah that was a good one yep. what's, what's sad was i was the one who was fanboying out more in the theater than all the little kids i was like oh look there's that one and there's one over there and oh my gosh she's in the background over there and there's a poster of one over there. i think they made it for people uh, about our age group and then you know they, they made it appeal appealing for the, right. the kids that went too because i mean they're they're cute they're they're little creatures or whatever and and it was funny 
but and, 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 and it was you have funny. Ryan Reynolds, and you have Ryan Reynolds. So all those <laughs> things, I think Hollywood realizes it's a good ingredient for a hit movie. I think Ryan Reynolds appeals to us. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely for our age group, yeah. <laughs> so you have another one? Uh, yeah, I, I. That takes me into what you know what we we're talking about. Actually, my my favorite would be one of my favorites would be Sonic the Hedgehog for Genesis the very first the first one. one yeah yeah that that was so so nostalgic and the, the music <laughs> was awesome and there's something to be said for the kind of gameplay which was pretty straightforward um, I wouldn't call it a difficult game by any means which is crazy because you still died a lot but it wasn't difficult you you died because you're being a dumbass and you fell <laughs> in, you know into a pit fell or into, into spikes, spikes or something yeah. so it was under your own accord He's um, running to the right. He's <laughs> running to the right. He's <laughs> running to the right. <laughs> oh wait, he had to make a left. He's running to the right. <laughs> Don't forget to jump. Oh, sorry. Don't forget <laughs> to jump and spin all that. But they, yeah, they, uh, they, they did a great job with that. That was a great launch title. It was, it was a great game to sit and play. And I have great memories of being a kid when mm -hmm. I, that of course being the launch title with the Sega Genesis and. Um, I think that might have been one of the first games I actually beat all the way through, like with no cheats or anything. I just actually went straight through. Um, but that being the case, I would say the rest of the Sonic franchise is beloved as well. But it, for some reason, the first one still stands out to me as being the, the favorite because of the way it uh, impacted me as a kid. I remember fighting with my brother about where, what room the Genesis was going to go in to be able to play Sonic. <laughs> Back when you can only have one system, one TV. Yeah, All that sibling rivalry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I hope when they do the movie, they uh, they consider at least some of the stages or worlds that we saw in in the Sonic uh, games because they were so unique and so well designed. It was it was kind of crazy what you saw. It was, it was different for its time. Hopefully, if it, if this one actually does really well and they're able to go to Sonic's world. Because they're kind of portraying him here as an alien of him having to save our world and saving Earth over for somehow. Um, that we see at the end of the trailer, we actually see Robotnik actually being Robotnik with the bald head and the right. goggles and all right. that that he has. So hopefully if this does really well, which I, I'm going to go support it because, I mean, come on, it's Sonic. I know he's not going to look right and maybe they'll take right. a little bit of time to get him right. But... I think it would be really cool to be able to see, like what you said, if they get to his world, what the different worlds will be like, being able to hear the different music that is involved in it. Because we hear in the trailer that they have, you know, the spinning sound effect and his jumping sound effect. Yeah. And, you know, the way he runs. And it, it just actually seems like actual Sonic. So, and, and you need that. Yeah. So Definitely I really need hope... That. Like it, you said in the illustration about the, uh, the guy that made the sound effects for the Super Mario movie, that kind of right. made it more Super Mario. Yeah. So I'm hoping that like other movies, if it expands into that, to be able to see what Sonic's world is, to be able to see Tails coming in, because oh, that'd be so great if, you know, like after credit uh, things that you you see Sonic falling out of the sky or something like that because he just beat Robotnik out of his his air fortress, and then all of a sudden you just hear a plane come by and just <laughs> and, it, and it just flies off. You just see a plane, you just see the two tails like just sticking out, flapping in the wind, uh. and he's and he's uh, being taken off on a plane of how one of the Sonic games ends. Hollywood, are you listening? Come on now. Yeah, please, please listen to the fans. I, I know you're not, but come on now. We, we kind of have you by the balls, please. Just listen to us because love, we will make you redesign things. I love Tails. The way he had to like, spin his tail to try to keep up with Sonic as he ran. Just little things like that. Uh, just Please put Tails in it. That's all my, that's my only ask. He just fanboyed out here. I'm sorry. I'm shut now. Josh, do you have another one? Yes. And based on what we were talking about earlier... I, I'm almost kind of curious what your 
what your thoughts are because I know you were saying Super Mario World before when we were talking about that is on my list. Yeah. Whereas now we're about the same age, just a few months apart, but I have a little bit more of a connection to Super Mario Three. Now don't get me wrong, Super Mario World was a great game. I really enjoyed it. Mm. I loved having Yoshi in there, but Super Mario Three I feel was. I, yes, it was earlier, but it also kind of set the stage. It had the Koopalings, it had a huge variety of the power-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, that It's such a hard toss-up. Like, and, as and I was writing yes. both on my list, I could just I couldn't do it. I don't and, know and, what, and, and there's some the that never re- you know, reappeared, for at least for a while. I remember one of my favorites was the Hammer Brothers suit. That was always so hard to get. Oh, yeah. And that was so amazing. It looked really cool. He had the shell and the black armor. And, you and just, your elbow pads. Yeah, and you, just, <laughs> you were just tossing the hammers everywhere. It's like, who needs fireballs? I want to just throw these huge hammers materializing out of anywhere and just... Super Mario Bros. Yeah. 3 needs to be recognized. That was, as much as people do like Mario World, um, Mario 3 was the basis of all that because we were left at really Mario 1 because Mario 2 is Doki Doki Panic, which was a port remade and reskinned from Japan of a totally different game. Right. And it so, was all a dream. And it was all a dream. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, wasn't. <laughs> it couldn't have been a dream because things from that game actually became part of characters. Like Peach, she was, that's the only game where she started floating and now she floats all the time. She pulls turnips out of the ground. That's what she they, does. They definitely adopted a lot from the So yeah. it couldn't have been a dream. Unless everything uh, else is a dream and then my timeline some, is all messed up. Don't mess up my timeline. I'm not going to mess it up. But what I'm saying is oftentimes when we have dreams, it's a mix match of things that we have experienced. So even if we haven't seen Mario have an adventure with all these aspects to it like peach flying and Mar- or luigi jumping higher even though what happened in mario 2 i'm going to mm-hmm. call mario 2 mm-hmm. didn't actually happen some of those things that he dreamed about did actually happen but he's just dreaming and so it's all being thrown together into one really mm-hmm. cool adventure mm-hmm. i did enjoy the game but i actually never did end up having the the cartridge i, I actually played it later on with the snes the Super Mario All-Stars game, oh, okay. the compilation. Right. So I did play it, but it's just, I didn't play the original on the NES, and while I do say it is still a dream, it doesn't mean that what he dreamed about wasn't a reality later on. Matt Pat's going to come after you, man. <laughs> game Theory, are you hearing this? I welcome the challenge. So <laughs> we, we have a little bit of an audience, and I want to see kind of uh, a show of hands. Who prefers Super Mario 3 over Super Mario World? Okay, who 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 has played Super Mario World, which is the one with Yoshi on the Super Nintendo? It starts on the bottom with him being able to go into the Yoshi home okay. and stuff. Yeah. And who has played Super Mario Three? Okay, which one do you think is is better? And I think that that ha- that oh, says that says oh, something. No. That says something because World was more appealing because it had Yoshi. I think Yoshi makes the biggest draw of the whole thing. I'm gonna gonna reject that just for the fact that Yoshi doesn't make up for that stupid cape. I'm sorry, the mechanics of the cape? You had the mechanics of the cape with the raccoon tail. You had the same thing, almost. No, because being able to infinitely fly as you do it. No, you didn't do that. yeah. Yeah, you could parachute down, but literally if you knew the mechanics and how it worked, you could literally like yeah, hit the top of it and do it like, yeah. yeah. 
Well, remember the special, the, the special levels, some of them required that. Exactly my point. So that's why I'm <laughs> going to go for three because that cape pissed me off so much. I'm sorry, Yoshi doesn't make up for it because you throw him down pits constantly. <laughs> you really want to keep killing the, your friend? I mean, come on now. That's, that's very mean. <laughs> Whatever. He's just a lizard. I'll get another one. I thought just, you loved me. We're just going to hatch another egg and feed you enough apples till you, grow, <laughs> until you mature to shove him down your throat. <laughs> And then he also punched Yoshi. He didn't like him. You know that, right? He punched him. He punched yes. him. Nintendo officially came out and said, when, when Mario does this, and there's a sound effect, it's not him pointing and telling Yoshi to put out his tongue. It's literally him hitting the back of his head. You hear a thump, and then he goes blurnt. And Nintendo officially did come out and say he punches Yoshi in the back of the head. So there you go. More He's animal a abuse. Mario is a sociopath. <laughs> listen to another episode. You oh, have to listen oh, to oh, our episode. Oh, yeah. I could get into that. I, right I, I, don't, I don't know if there's anybody in the world that could really get it down the way you did with convincing me that Mario was a sociopath because I had never thought of that until you went into the timeline with that episode we did. That was mind-blowing. Oh, oh, listen back to the timeline episode. I get into it. <laughs> go ahead, we dare you. <laughs> this dude right here, he's faking that emotion right there. He's faking that. He doesn't know what real happiness is. No, I'm just kidding. For, for the listeners, Kyle is wearing a Super Mario shirt. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> I forgot we're recording as well. <laughs> do you feel that um, Mario 3 was better than World, the way I asked uh, the audience here? Do you feel the same way? I still, I still have to go with Super Mario 3, not just on the nostalgia value, kind of the topic, but I do... And again, don't get me wrong, I really do enjoy playing Super Mario World. I love going through the special levels and then suddenly changing the environment to more of an autumn format and then all the turtle shells turn into those weird Mario masks kind of thing. I, I never quite understood that. I don't know what you're talking, I don't know about. What you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, someone hasn't played through all the special levels in Super Mario World. I think what we're, I sure know what we're doing. You, get, you get actual masks that you wear? It, it's... No, all the Koopas have, instead of shells, now they have, it, it kind of looks like a Mario helmet type thing. Wow, no, I, I don't know anything about that. So, ah. it, 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 so if you do a second playthrough, is what you're saying, you get these uh, features? No, if you, go through the, if you go through the special levels, it will... The star, the star it, it, level? Yes, yeah. it will permanently change the entire environment no of kidding. the entire game. I never knew that. It doesn't matter where you are in the rest of the levels... Once you get through that point, -star road. it irreversibly changes to that environment style. Hmm. Interesting. Now that makes me want to replay it. I, ne I never knew that. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 demonstration. Demonstration. Yeah, come on. We have whoa, the systems whoa, whoa, whoa. right here. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. <laughs> but the reason I really do enjoy Super Mario 3, and I actually just played it a few months ago with some of my family. We were out at Big Bear, mm. and we were playing it. Now, it was on the Switch, but it was still the true original version. Right. And if you're playing two-player, it's really nice because you switch off between levels, and if one person dies, then the other person continues. But if they go over where your marker is, and you hit the uh, A button at the exact moment, you go back into the Mario Brothers style, like in the sewer, or the pipes, and you can battle each other in the original Mario Brothers style level. And if you win, you can jump back in even yeah. though they never had a turn. I do remember playing that with my cousin. We used to do that a lot. And then Fight if, for your turn. <laughs> if you do run out of continues, 
all your levels get returned back. All the ones you've cleared go back. And so if the other character, your, the, the other player, if they get blocked in, they have to go back and beat that level again. But if they're ahead of you, they don't have to go back and beat all those levels that just reset. Hmm. So it was a lot of that two-player aspect too that I really did enjoy in the game. Yeah, the two-player was pretty fun with that. I, I remember that. I never knew that I didn't have friends to play it with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was missing out on so many aspects of games. Can someone bring in the violin, please? Yeah. <laughs> the world's smallest violin. <laughs> Can we bounce back to one of you guys about your next favorite? Yeah, I always loved Super Mario RPG. Ooh, yeah. That was one of the ones I never I beat have, it. I, I've mentioned that before, and actually on here, I brought my uh, mini SNES, the classic. That's and what's I on have, display right now. Yeah, I got that. We have the demo running over there. And I actually have my save state of the very end of the game of almost 18 hours of gameplay through that thing. I love that game so much. Just the way that everybody was able to come together uh, to go after Smithy. The sword that came down that destroyed Star Road. The, you had Gino and Mello that was in there and the kind of the twist that happened with Mello and, and who he actually was. The way that the battle system was to be able to have the, you hit, keep hitting Y when Mario was jumping to be able to keep doing a bunch of damage and the, it was kind of interesting how the rhythm had to keep Was it like a jungle up. effect, like the more you hit it, the more hits you got kind of thing? Uh, they did have one with him like that. That was a fireball that did that. You had to spam Y to do it. But in one of the moves that Mario had, it was called Super Jump. And he would just keep jumping on the guy, but as he came down and hit him, you had to hit Y, and then he would jump back up and hit him again. And if you keep hitting Y, you do it. But every like time you did hit. it, yeah, but you could keep going. And then as you did it, the smaller the window got smaller and smaller for you to have to hit Y until it, you could get up to 99 hits, but you had to hit B like, like super almost exact. pixel perfect. Yeah, yeah to be Very able to precise. do it. Yeah, but that's a cool challenge. Yeah, yeah. And then you also got to have those uh, kind of weapons carry over with Mario having the hammer when you said they mm -hmm. he had the, the Hammer Brothers suit came in, so his first right. weapon was the hammer. Then he got into Koopa shells where he would kick the shells at people and be able to do that. You you covered it the the, the timeline two parter on our uh, podcast on the episodes of, of the timeline. Could you say that that's like your most favorite one out of all the ones that oh, of the stories? <laughs> absolutely. Because there's so much story arc of of uh, of Mario. I never realized until we covered it how much there is. <laughs> how many games there yeah, are. Yeah, and and how much it all intertwines and. Um, but you're saying that that's your favorite story in general from all of it. Yeah, and it's mostly just because of the RPG feature to it, being able to have that kind of open world going around, having that battle system. I mean, I was always a fan of Peach too, and being able to have her in my party as the healer to be able to go around and be able to buff <laughs> your guys and be able to heal everybody. And then you got to play with Bowser too. I mean, Mario, Peach, and Bowser in a in a battle system to fight against enemies. I mean, when are you ever going to see that ever again? Unless you're doing carts and they're on teams or something, but yeah. that's an yeah. alternate universe. It's a very unique game. I don't think it, anything like it was made again. I mean, you had Paper Mario, which was an RPG sort of, right? Yeah, it, it kind of was that way, but it was more of just Mario going after things. It, you didn't really build a party in it. Oh, you were just um, playing him and as Mario. Yeah, as Mario. So, but yeah, Mario RPG, I just remember always getting that game kind of it was the renting system that you had being able to go to like uh, we had game exchange because I was I lived in Simi so we had game exchange there we had video 94 I don't know if anybody remembers that store it might have been just specific to that one town 
Um, but just being able to go and rent that. But then you can only get so far into it until you have to return the game. And then you didn't have like a card system to be able to save your game to it. So you always had to start the game over and over and over again until uh, I was able to just buy it and just play it. <laughs> yeah. So I probably got really familiar with the very beginning of the game. Um, but yeah, it was just a fun time to be able to just sit down with that and be able to play it. Like I said, to be able to have the different uh, adventures with Mario, with seeing how the different characters came in with uh, Boo and the, uh, I believe the Thomps were in it too. And then also they had specific little characters that were in there that, that kind of flushed out the story. And you got to have Birdo in it too and Yoshi's were in it. It was just a fun game. To me, it, was, it gave the most time in a Mario game for me. Like I said, 18 hours of a good story. So that was that was just for me. That's substantial for a Mario game, eighteen hours. Yeah, you, you guys have really pitched it hard, and I know it's on my to-do list. I just haven't had an opportunity to get to it yet. Do it, just do it. You have a, you, do you have an SNES? No, I do not. Oh. <gasps> Blasphemy. <laughs> the gasp. <laughs> I'll have to check eBay later. One of the last ones I'll say: uh, Super Star Wars for SNES, and I'm a big Star Wars fan. Uh, oh, yeah. that, we, we, we played through that, didn't we? Uh, I, I thought we did, yeah, we, in our game night. I'm pretty sure we did. but Not um, since I joined in, I don't think. Must have been before. but Must uh, have been a little while ago. Those those games were, I mean, for the time that you didn't have uh, Star Wars games, really, those were the ones mm -hmm. that kind of put you in <laughs> the movie, which was great. And um, really, really fond memories of that, just uh, getting it and having that Star Wars feel to it. and. Did you guys ever play those? Unfortunately, I did not. I kind of tapered off with the Super Nintendo for a short while, and then uh, didn't really get back in until a little later on into the Nintendo 64 era. So I did kind of miss those. But I have heard great things, and I have seen quite a few reviews on them. And they, they look pretty cool. Yeah, didn't, wasn't that the one where you got to choose your character when you went into the level, and you were like able to be like Luke Skywalker and all that? Or did you have a character? It was a side-scroller, you were Luke, and you basically played through what was in the movie uh, in each one of those, whether it was Star Wars, uh, New Hope, or Empire Strikes Back, or Return of the Jedi. I remember us playing that somewhere. I don't remember if it was in, because we, we did do Shadows of the Empire, at least we tried to go through that. But in one of our uh, game nights when we have, when we, uh, the guys, just before we did the podcast, we would have guys come over and we would just play through a game, kind of beat it in one night, depend, and we just did it however we could do it to beat it in that one night with we had to activate cheats or whatever. And so I know we did Shadows of the Empire. I think I'm the one who just kind of took over and just played it and beat yeah, it. that was great. That, <laughs> it, that felt like a good you know, side adventure from all the other Star Wars. It, was, it held on its own for sure. Right. I, but I kind of remember playing through that one with you at least one of the, uh, recently. Yeah, I, I want to say we, we did that. Uh, what, I think I'm pretty sure we did it in one night when we did Shadows yeah. of the Empire. Yeah, it was. It, what's cool about that one is it wasn't based on a movie, but it was based on a book uh, on a novel that took mm -hmm. place in between um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi between the two uh, okay. uh, of the films. So it was a great novel. I read the novel, and then the the the, the game basically just brought it to life. Kind of a, almost felt like a Star Wars film. That's kind of cool. We should play that. We should. We definitely should. Yeah. Because <laughs> I One don't remember days. doing it that much, but yeah, we should. Or at least play it again. Yeah. So. I think I think I, that alarm means we should yeah, be done yeah. soon. <laughs> I think we just got called off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at this point, what we're going to do, we kind of shared our memories. Uh, we now are turning it to the audience to share 
uh, with us your fondest memories on retro gaming and if that is what you want to do we have great five threads coupons for discounted beer you could win one of these bad boys if we like what you have to say so does anyone no pressure because if not then there's more <laughs> more beer for me so kyle's gonna go about with the audience if there's anybody with uh, a memory or fondest memory and we can talk about that before we wrap up could, could what is your name sir tell us your name I think it's not. Is it switched on? Yeah, it's <laughs> so, uh, for games that like actually, you know, it took a little while before it actually kind of registered in my life. I used to play a game called Minus 24 Niner. That was on the, you know, 8 bit system. <laughs> Trying to get a little closer. Just a little side scroll, you know, or platform actually. Platform game, Minus 24 Niner. Uh, once I got to California, built my own. Before that, it was good times. <laughs> wow, congratulations. Paradise. Give it up. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. All right, anybody else? Yeah, do you want to give him one of yeah. these? You win that, good sir. Woo. Have some beer. <laughs> Hello. And who are you, young lady? We might know you. <laughs> we might know you. <laughs> and um, I grew up playing video games with my brothers. Uh, mainly it was the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Nintendo 64. Woo! All about the Nintendo. That's right. <laughs> Good ones, yeah. 
Yeah, you are good with the timing with those. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, Donkey Kong Country, I think for 64 is the one that we played right in. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. And um, also Mario Kart 64. Oh, yeah. Good times with that one. <laughs> yeah, I always played as Bowser. People expected me to play like as a girl, like Keith or something. <laughs> Like I said, a mom game. <laughs> You're right. She's like, I'm busy. <laughs> What you got? Um, uh, I grew up uh, on Sega. Sega was. Woo! Woo! Sega! Sega took all the way to me. Although I did grow up with the Steam and NES, we used to have one. We had a Super NES. My cousin, you know, it was like an every Friday thing for my cousins and my sisters and I. You know, family would be in the living room doing what they're doing, you know, dancing, drinking. Woo! <laughs> 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 oh yeah. That's a oh, great no, game. No, no. Dude, that, that, that is a one. great game. It is. Sega Genesis version all the way. Although <laughs> She remembers it already. Except wow. for that first level was really hard with that. Yeah, that it, some people just couldn't get past that level. Never heard of that. <laughs> 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 it's only a PC game, but I'm telling you, at like 10 years old, I wiped that game to the very end, and I've never been able to find another game like it. But what, what was it? It was, uh, if you don't mind me asking. <laughs>
Yeah, no, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it was a type of puzzle, and, um, there wasn't, like, there were tigers that you had to kill, and, like, other random things that you had to kill, but no peace. Uh-huh. So, if you ever get the chance, listen to it, it's called Scrab of Rock. Scrab of Rock. Um, I found a version of it online, and I tried playing it as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> what, it, it actually, so, that, so when you, when you play it now as an adult, does it, what does it make you feel? <laughs> and that's what so, we're all about here retro some, sometimes it does that it feels right. stupid actually that, that style of game uh kind of sounds like a, a rogue rogue type game where it's a first person dungeon crawler where it sounds like it where you kind of move through it and you turn left and right when you hit a certain block yeah those are those are uh technically dungeon crawlers and a rogue style is is it is it procedurally generated where it's it's random every time you go into it or are the levels always the same Okay, so yeah, that's a dungeon crawler. Does it at, did it at least give you good memories of your dad? So it still gives you the warms and fuzzies somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think we found it. Is that it? We found it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Give her a ticket. You get discounted beer. Beer for days. Oh, hello, Emily hey, Classic Gamer. Welcome. <laughs> Sounds like you need to game some more. That's right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. You're saying you got addicted at that point. <laughs> did you get? Did you get so bad to the virtual boy? Get so bad into it that you got the virtual boy? Nobody got into it to get the virtual yeah, boy. Yeah, no one got that. <laughs> it was horrible. You never heard of that? <laughs> never met him. <laughs> it's just as well. He was a failure. <laughs> just red Major and white Major failure. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, you did. Sorry, could continue? It's, you know, it was always Atari. Nintendo was a big thing. Mom was the same way. Always. Steel, Tetris, Mario. Oh, yeah, oh. I remember those code books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm actually playing Guardian Legend right now. You are? Yes. Right. Hmm. Unfortunately, I think I need to look up the manual or something because I'm kind of going into it blind and I've. I've been able to level up a little bit, travel around the map, but I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And then, kill bad 
And it's actually yeah. funny, <laughs> on the Switch, they have the uh, NES software on there, then they're releasing the games onto there. They actually have Master Blaster on there, and I've been playing on that one with that too. So <laughs> I've never played that either, so it was kind of interesting to be able to see how you can actually... You, you can like leave your tank and go do stuff as an actual person and it kind of zooms in on you. So yep. yeah, Master Blaster is pretty cool. The keystrokes are very similar with Blaster Master and uh, Guardian Legend. Oh, okay. Um, but it's super fun and it's like good music and it's a good story. And, uh, I really like it. Yeah. And it's really awesome. And then, you know, Mega Man, of course. Is like, Woo! Uh, where? You know, it's very nice for screens. I'm like, Contra! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I, it's because I, I reacted that way because when we were doing our uh, game night where we beat through the levels or beat through the games, that was my pick every time we did it. And I was going through one, two, three, four. I think we're on number five. No, we beat we beat five. We right? beat five. Yes. Yeah, we yeah. beat five. So now we're into six. And I even have Mega Man 11 for the Switch too. And I also have all the X games I want to go through. Although X seven, I'm kind of scared of because of the bad voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, X is fantastic, mm -hmm. but X, have you ever played X7? Yes. Okay, so you know how bad the bad voice acting is in that. Yeah, we did an episode on bad voice acting. You should listen to some of that stuff on so there if you pretty bad. remember it. <laughs> My favorite Mega Man? X3. Yeah, because I, that was the one that I remember uh, being able to be able to switch back and forth with Zero. Yeah, we were able to call him if you needed help, and it was cool to be able to jump in as a different sprite and be able to have his uh, Z saber and being able to attack. It's just a completely different feel to that game. Yeah. So that's why in that line, that was really cool. But in like X7, X8 or something like that, you were able to uh, jump in with the different characters. They were interchangeable a lot more, but that's the one that I first remember it, and I was just like, oh, that's so cool to be able to, the secret menu to hit select when you're in the start menu. Yeah, and he's like, okay, X, I'm on my way. <laughs> And it always felt like it wasn't consistent. Like I always felt like he were only able to do it at certain times. Yeah. So I never knew when those times were. And I'm just like, come on, Zero, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. And, like, and all Double dragon. And Battletoads? Oh, Double yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slamming them into the ground with that pogo stick. To <laughs> 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 Although those bikes were always a pain in the butt. What was it, TNC Surf? That was a good one. I did play that one. That was good. That was great. Good memories. Thank you for sharing. Get your discounted beer. I'll let it out. I'll let it out. Kyle will be on his way shortly to you. <laughs> we got one other person. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I always got so irritated with that one because you had to uh, use the blockers to stop them sometimes. And then you could never get perfect. 
because then you had to detonate the blockers and you had to kill them. <laughs> I, that, that my OCD just got too much for me and I was just like, I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Tekken. Tekken, yeah. Although Smash Brothers is a little bit of my own heart. <laughs> I got into the 64 and... Uh, Let's just say I brought it with me tonight if anybody wants to do any one-on-ones, because I will wipe the floor with you. <laughs> oh, bring oh, it. We got All right, let's do this. I actually have my, uh, I have a wireless GameCube controller and a wired one that I can connect into it. Kyle is ready. <sighs> Kyle is so ready to do this. <laughs> I brought it just in case anybody wanted to. <laughs> Thank you for your share. Get her a right, goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. States your name. Put the mic up. N64 was kind of my time. I started playing for console games for PC before hands, which was start around Rainbow Six and all that stuff. But N64 though, uh, Goldeneye was one of my favorites. Woo! Little Goldeneye action. Yeah, that was a buddy game. There was always, always a crowd of people. Yeah, next to GoldenEye, there was always people playing that. There's obviously Zelda and Star Fox. Oh, Perfect Dark was fantastic. The versus mode on that one was so much fun to being able to have the four, the four screen split. And the, the levels were just so awesome because you were able to go into like the vents and be able to hide from each other and stuff. That was really cool. Perfect Dark is... Oh, bots were such a pain. <laughs> Oh, that, one, that one had bots, whereas Goldeneye did not. Correct. Yeah. And then the weirdest bonus memory was Turok. <laughs> Turok. My grandma used to play that game. Dinosaur. Turok, the new wow. grandma game. <laughs> <laughs> not Tetris. <laughs> nice. Alright, you get All right. a coupon. I, I remember with, Gold, with Goldeneye, I had a friend that uh, I, was, I was playing it one time and I kind of cheated it a little bit and I was able to do dual the dual weapons and stuff like that, and in the one where you had to uh, save the laboratory, or go through the laboratory and, and find a certain person, and it's like like one of the first levels you get, I had like dual RCP-90s, and I was like playing it, and I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on around me, and a friend walked into my house, and I was like, dual RCP-90s, go! <laughs> and then he just, and then he looks over at me and just kicks me, I'm just like, oh hey, how long you been there for? And he goes, RC, you know, RCP 90s go. I'm like, you heard that, huh? <laughs> and then I was ashamed. <laughs> Give it up for all of the comments and Woo! prizes. Good job, everybody. That brings us to our closing. We are out of time and out of show. Did you guys have a good time tonight? That'll wrap it up for us here. Let's give it up for Phoenix and Five Threads Brewery and Tim for this awesome place to have our live show tonight. Yes, thank you thank very you. much. Woo! The barrels are awesome behind us. I love that look.
I, I really implore you guys to check out our podcast, which you can find it at retrogamenightpodcast.com, where you can find uh, your preferred format uh, and for the dates of future events that will come up. If you're on Instagram, retro underscore game night, where you'll find more updates and more cool stuff. So until next time, everybody, stay frosty. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Like, we're, we're really done now. Yeah. You, you can, I'm done? You can go home, Kyle. Go home? Go home. Do I need to go home? Do I have to? You can go home, Kyle. But I can't stay here? Kyle, go home. <laughs> You're done. I feel like it's like the Snoopy. No, Kyle's allowed. <laughs>